Hello and welcome everyone to WISE's second in a podcast series meant to both educate and inspire all of us to reach our full potential. I am Angela Daly, WISE Executive Director, and I am joined today by Victoria Collins, co-founder of WISE and current advisory board member. Victoria is an inspiration to all who know her. So I can promise a fascinating and educational podcast for you today. We're going to cover a couple of topics. First, we're going to talk about the founding of WISE and how it has pivoted and endured for almost 25 years. Then we're going to get a little more personal with Victoria and talk to her about her own career and how she went from psychology into finance. So let's get to it. So. Victoria, tell us the backstory about the founding of WISE. You got together almost 25 years ago with a group of highly motivated women and decided to put on an investment conference. Why did you decide to take this on? And do you think that this is still a relevant concept today? Angela, I want to take you back on memory lane. Let's go back to 1997 and let's look at what's happening in the world right then. We've just come off the 60s and the 70s, and women are developing a new awareness of what their economic power is, but they have not had access to information as men have. So there were gender differences that were very much playing out during the 90s. Also, remember what happened during the 90s, the Beardstown ladies started investment clubs Mm -hmm. and investment clubs took off and women thought, wow, this is, I need more information. So there was a sort of a craving for really solid information, but it wasn't readily available because we didn't really have access to the, to as much information on the internet as we do now. Yes, that's so so true. Back then, gender differences still in effect, still um, some of the traditional roles, you know, husband makes the money, wife, manages the family and maybe manages the money too. So gender differences, role differences, stock market booming. You could ask anybody for advice. You could get a hot tip from the the woman at the grocery store, your tennis (laughs) partner back in those days. Um, So hot tips were everywhere. Women wanted information and I was driving back from a conference that I spoke at in Los Angeles and realized there were over a thousand women in the audience, realized that women wanted one together to come together to learn and two really wanted to take charge of their financial lives. And so I thought about who were the movers and shakers who could make it happen? Because this was actually in May. And we gathered a small group of women. Amazing what a small group of women mm-hmm. can do mm-hmm. when you set your mind to it. And it was a simple mission, educate women financially, provide the setting to do that in a safe and confidential place and use whatever monies we had left over from the conference to actually donate to other nonprofits or to nonprofits 
that had the same mission. So WISE started out as invest in yourself for the education and we, our mission from the beginning was to, um, was to donate money to nonprofits. That was a great idea. Helen Olson was part of our original committee and she was a driving force between the invest in yourself and the start of WISE, which happened in the year 2000. So three years later, we started WISE and that was to take it to the next level. And we've got another level that we're going to now. And I'm really excited to talk about that. So tell me, tell me, so, so where do you see us going here? We've pivoted. We had to deal with uh, COVID and we went virtual. So where do you see this whole progression? And do you think now we're almost 25 years later, do we still need to have special education for women? That's still, is that still uh, going to resonate? The answer is yes, we do. And here's why it's still relevant and very important and maybe even more important today. One, because women during the pandemic were disproportionately affected. Right. Many women lost their jobs or were economically um, burdened by well, women have always been the sandwich generation trying to juggle caretaking mm-hmm. for aging parents as well as children and responsibilities of home. So disproportionate impact on women. Second, um, I think the, the work that WISE is doing now makes it even more relevant. Angela, you know these, these programs that we're doing for Girls Inc., for the Girl Scouts, um, for Life Fest at UCI, and then all the university programs that we're doing with the different um, academies of higher education. That is so important to train the next generation because for many of those girls, they're actually having an influence on their family that's a positive one in terms of education. Um, you know, I also think that some of those remnants of traditional thinking are still around in some, in some families. And it's sort of like, I make the money, I make the rules kind of thing. So even though in some cases women are earning more than their spouses, the fact is they're busy with multiple jobs, multiple roles and um, they may not have the decision-making power or the energy at the end of the day to be involved in finances. Also, and Angela, you know this, the complexity of the tax situation, the ever evolving, I mean, information is coming at it, at us all at a faster pace than maybe we've ever experienced. So what WISE is doing is not only relevant, it may even be more relevant today. You know, we hear a lot of stories from our WISE members, friends, 
family about how women are often left with handling finances they never expected to do. And they don't have a clue and they get taken advantage of by various people who try to sell them on things that are totally inappropriate. So talk to us a little bit about some specific examples that you have heard over the years or perhaps your friends, your own family on why managing your money and knowing how to manage your money is so important. Well, I can give you an example from, well, I'll give you a couple of examples. One is part of the reason that I went into this is that I had gone through a very difficult divorce. And I realized um, that I needed to know the questions to ask and I needed to educate myself if I was not going, so I would not be vulnerable to, so that's a personal situation. It also happens that my mother who was a phenomenal role model, she, um, after my dad died, and she knew a lot about finances, but she was getting older. She became more vulnerable. Mm -hmm. And I was going through her portfolio, trying to make sense of it, trying to explain it to her. And I came across an annuity Mm -hmm. that she had just bought recently. And I said, what's this investment? And she said, now this is a smart woman who really understood finances. She said, this really nice young man called me. And and then he called again and he was talking about these annuities. And so I knew you had said that it probably wasn't a good idea for me at this age stage of life. (laughs) Um, but he was so nice. So you really have stories that hit home to you, never mind to your extended family or circle. You can really see it. You know, you know, and I'm sure so many of our members are aware of stories that women had to stay in relationships that weren't the most positive for them because they didn't feel they could handle their own finances or they didn't feel they had the financial um, wherewithal to leave. Yes, that that is always a problem, right? uh, One of our missions has been to uh, expand your options and knowing how to manage your finances and that just does expand your options. You have more more freedom, much more freedom. That's absolutely the case. And also, Angela, I think what WISE has done that's so positive is not only expanding options, but also giving the confidence that you need and the inspiration that you need to say, yeah, you know, I may make mistakes, but I don't have to be perfect at this and I can learn and I can really do this. So there are two parts there, the knowledge, but also the inspiration and the confidence to help women be empowered. And that's what WISE excels at. Well, you know, that came from the very beginning, the conference where we showcased, you showcased at the first conference, all these accomplished women. And we know now that women need to see accomplished women to say, oh, I can do that too. 
it, it, it's all under that mantra. She can be what she can see. And that's really what you're right. That's what wise has been doing just to show them accomplished women that are confident and they get inspired to do the same. Yes, that's absolutely true. And I think one of the um, early on speakers, probably at the first one, I'm not positive, was Barbara Stanny, who uh, her book was called Prince Charming Isn't Coming, mm-hmm. which made a very real impact on people. Remember back in 1997. Right. These are years that you, you know, you sort of hope Prince Charming is coming, but you're beginning to doubt. And what she said so clearly, and we all took it as a message, a man is not a plan. And therefore you have to, well, I, I took it and put it in the context of finance you really have to be CFO of your own life. That's chief financial officer. Because at the end of the day, it's your responsibility. You know, women had the luxury, if that's a luxury of being taken care of, you know the saying, don't worry your pretty little head about it. Well, the first conference was about empowering women and then what you've done since Angela and Darlene and the whole team is to raise it so many notches so that women and girls can be inspired by and learn from successful women in all aspects. And I wanna talk about what I, what came to me as sort of the, the three stages that I see of wise so far. And golly, I just got so excited when I thought about it. So tell me, I mean, you have yeah, been involved with WISE almost 25 years. You've seen it evolve. So yeah, tell us what you're most proud about. Yes, this is perfect. Well, you know, um, I was thinking that as I looked back at the early on conferences, and I looked at the themes, and uh, it was just such fun to review those 10 years of conferences. And we had such a variety of speakers. I mean, Carrie Schwab, Pomerantz, Consuela Mack was involved from really the beginning. Mm-hmm. And um, just uh, many outstanding, um, inspirational speakers. So that was, and so in the, in the 90s, in the early 2000s, it was about invest in yourself. So it was more about financial education for oneself. Second stage, in order to spread that message to girls and to a broader audience, we formed WISE. In other words, we really formalized the the conference idea so that um, we could spread wider educational to wider constituencies. And the third stage that I see is building on those two prior stages and it's the pink wall, tearing down the pink wall because that then gets into um, career and all sorts of new um you know, new ways of looking at things. Plus, this is what's really cool, 
is you're opening the world of of being, opening the world to consider um, financial careers or careers in the financial services. And I love the idea that you're asking real experts in the field to talk about their career paths. Yeah, that is what is unique about the pink wall. And it does, I think what's been fascinating about that and also confidence building is that the careers don't go in a straight line. They you know, can start in one place and end in another, which is a perfect segue to you, Victoria, who started, this is so fascinating to so many of us. You started out getting a doctorate in psychology. And you are Dr. Victoria Collins. So how did you find your way from psychology into finance? Actually, Angela, you probably know and realize, as many of your members do and wise, that there's a real relationship between money and emotions. Oh, yes. Psychology and portfolio. And I used to say when I was um, a money when I was doing original research for my first book, which was called Couples and Money. So I looked at the intersection of when how money influences decisions and risk tolerance. And, you know, we all come into a relationship with two portfolios. We have the financial portfolio and we have the psychological portfolio. And when a client came in, to visit, to talk about what they wanted to do with their investments. We never started with just what we could look at and see and touch and feel. It was far more important to understand what that couple wanted, what they individually wanted and what they wanted together in terms of their goals and their hopes and dreams. Just remember, we all have these scripts from the past So psychology very much plays a role in how we spend and save, whether we um, uh, are risk averse, whether we think, you know, I remember my mother saying to me, do you really need that? Well, so I came from a very thrifty family. So those scripts from the past, which are part of our psychological portfolio, play a real influence in how we manage our money. And that's why it's important for women to um, to know that. Well, you know, it sounds to me, uh, Victoria, that psychology is a perfect background for becoming an advisor. But most people don't have that background. Most advisors, most advisors come out of some kind of business training or financial training. So, but but your background is perfect. You know, What I did for writing my first book, which by the way was called um, Couples of Money, what really goes on between the balance sheets. And um, when it was first published, it was published by Bantam, which was a huge company. They said, well, the, the public doesn't know what a balance sheet is. And I thought, you, it's time to learn. Anyway, so that's an aside. But I do think psychology is a perfect, a perfect background. And what I was looking at is I did research. 
So I interviewed 80 couples about what their money issues were. And I interviewed probably 50 financial advisors to ask them, what do couples, what do they say their biggest issues are? Mm -hmm. And I found that in divorce, money issues cause more (laughs) divorce than any other major issue. And people might think that it's about money, but it's really, it's about power. And so I see them as flip sides of the same coin. And, and your psychology background helps you to guide people to the right decisions. So you've been an advisor so highly regarded, admired here in Orange County it's over so many decades. So what do you see? What kind of threads do you see here for what makes it for a successful investor? What, 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 what have you learned that any threads or commonalities that you have seen? Right. Um, I would say that success, the most successful investors are those who plan in advance what their portfolio allocation is going to be mm-hmm. based on what their level of comfort with risk is. The second, the second most important thing is not to let emotions seduce you to either buy when it's not the right time and to sell when it's not the right time. So let me be more specific on that. So Angela, think of your favorite um, clothing store. Where do you like to get your clothes? Me? Yeah, like... Nordstrom's. Room. Oh my heavens. I judge very eclectic question here for me. I go from one extreme to the other. So one okay. really expensive boutiques and other TJ Maxx. So there okay. you go. So what happens at this expensive store when things are marked down and they've got a big, you know, they're having a discount or they're having some sort of a sale. You buy something you probably shouldn't and okay. you can't return it. <laughs> <laughs> That happens and it happens every day with stocks and with individual investors. They think they, you know, they think they're onto something that nobody else knows and they're going to get in. And think about it, the stock market is the only place in the world where it becomes more attractive as it gets more expensive. And it becomes less attractive as it gets less expensive. That's crazy, right? That's the opposite way that a, that a really good investor invests. So when you, you know, I sort of like to think about that every now and then when I'm tempted to say, oh my God, this has lost, I don't know, 20% today. No, that would upset me. <laughs> this has <laughs> lost 10% today. Um, I guess what I'm saying is know how comfortable you are. Do a calculation. Say, okay, if if this stock is $100 and it goes down to 90 or it goes down to 80, am I going to freak out? If it goes up to 120, am I going to want to buy more? And there are stocks that are good values and that's what you need to look for. Um, So don't don't be influenced by emotions. A man is not a plan. Be sure that you um, have your own investments and understand your own investments. 
plan long-term, women are going to live longer, and they generally have fewer retirement assets. So therefore, women really need to understand finances and need to take more risk, perhaps, than they were comfortable with previously. And then I guess the fourth fourth really important tip for women is you, women actually are, have been shown to be through research, better investors than men. Now this was true in the, uh, during the uh, uh, early 2000 mm-hmm, mm-hmm. study done by Odeon at um, the University of California. He, Terence Odeon showed that women had better performance because they're longer term investors. They don't trade as often. If you're gonna trade often, you have to be right. You have to make it the right decision twice, when to get out and when to get in, right. or when to get in and when to get out. That's hard for everybody to do. Oh, I remember, hard. I remember Victoria, an old boss of mine saying that when you sell a stock, you have a chance for two mistakes or three mistakes. Why you sold it too soon? Yeah. And then when you replace it, you replace it with the wrong thing. You, you lose money on the next stock that you buy. Exactly. So it's not so easy to time the market or go in and out. And I know. You know well, complicated. Think, you know, whenever you find yourself tempted, think about when you change lanes on the freeway, you're you're, this lane has been stopped and you're getting frustrated. Right. So you move into this lane, which has been zipping along and it suddenly stops. Yes, that's so true. Isn't that always the way? Uh, lines everywhere, that just supermarket lines that we change all the it. time. It is. The it's truth? so true. Well, Victoria, is there anything else you'd like to say to uh, our wise family? Uh, well, I honestly could not be more proud of what you're doing what you're accomplishing, the board of directors, the board of advisors is a phenomenal group of people who have made such an enormous contribution. And I really want to acknowledge how important Helen Olson was in spearheading mm-hmm. the, the formation of a, of a nonprofit. I remember being so busy at work and she was so dedicated to making it happen with the team that we started in the very beginning. And I think that being a nonprofit gives us more opportunity to, to get in front of people that, um, that may not have access to independent, carefully thought through carefully curated information that is unbiased. So true. We, we really do make an effort to curate our speakers and get the be- get recommendations, get the best. And that does distinguish our programming. They're all really on a very high level, another planet from most, most ways you can get education. I mean, to imagine being able to learn from somebody, well, like Jane Driscoll, for example, who is one of the most brilliant minds, probably certainly in this country, maybe in the world, with regard to her area of specialization, and to sit down and be able to listen to her, her chat about her career path and the other speakers. I mean, it truly is inspirational. 
And they have, what I like, again, I'll go back to it, is that it's unbiased. There's a lot of financial information. And today the problem is not that we can't get it, but it's the problem of sifting through it. Yes. Because there's so much and it is so biased. We need voices that we can trust. Yes. And that we know provides timely information and they're not selling us anything. Yeah, that that is our strength. Well, Victoria, thank you so much for all of this wise advice and to our wise family members, friends. Until our next podcast, be safe, healthy, and prosperous. Thank you.